the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. Thank you for joining us here today. We are very lucky to have a guest with us today because he offers great value and because as you can hear, it'd be quite a struggle for me to do the show by myself today. So we are excited to have Grant Cooper here today and it's been a while since we talked about business and how to launch into business, or maybe some tools for you if you help others launch into business. And Grant has just a great background with the Small Business Association and helping small businesses launch. And just, you've got some good stories, Grant, but I'll let you tell them yourself. So as a resume writer and as a coach that helps people launch out on their own, tell me a little bit about your experience with business plans and what makes a good business plan? Well, thank you for asking that, Marie. Um, years ago, when I started my resume writing service, I would get executives who would approach me and they say, Grant, you know, you did a great job on my resume, but I'm actually thinking of going into consulting or starting a small business. And do you think that you could write a business plan for me? And oftentimes they said it was because somebody at the bank or a potential partner of theirs asked for a business plan. And so I said, absolutely, I can do that. So that's how I started a couple of decades ago writing business plans for my clients. Yeah, it happens, right? People want to go out on their own. They want to maybe buy a franchise or, as you say, get some funding to start something on their own. Now, funding is tricky, and I don't know that we need to spend too long on here, but does a good business plan guarantee somebody funding? Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked that because I have a standard little statement that I tell to all of my potential business plan clients, and I tell them that no one will lend you any money solely based on this business plan. However, they will most likely not lend you any money without it. So in addition to a business plan, in most cases, you're going to have to have some collateral. You're going to have to demonstrate that you absolutely know your industry and your field and show them that you're ready to take this on. You know, As we all know, um, startup businesses have a pretty high rate of failure. So it's a really heavy lift to convince someone to invest in your dream. Yeah, and it can be even more challenging when you're just getting started and different types of business. I don't know if you had this experience, but when I went to get funding to invest in some businesses, they wanted capital or collateral And in our business, online business, there isn't any, right? You don't have machinery that they can repossess. And so there's a lot of different things that go into getting funding beyond just a business plan. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, I advise people who are considering opening a new business to try to at least start with a business 
that is more service oriented so that you don't need a ton of money for equipment or inventory because you know that is very expensive yes yeah and nice part of our business coaching resume writing it doesn't require a bunch of investment but you might still want to have a business plan for other reasons so what are some of the critical elements for a business plan to be good and to offer value for you or or someone else who's trying to start something well, you're right about that, Marie, as far as aside from getting, getting funding, um, there are other reasons that people want a business plan, perhaps to um, attract a potential strategic partner or to, uh, you know, even to show their family. Sometimes family are the ones who help fund something, and they like to see that you have it all written down on paper. Now, the actual parts of a business plan that you were asking about. I just pulled one right here from my desk, and this is an example of the table of contents for a business plan that I would, you know, typical one that I would prepare. First of all, we have an attractive title page, of course, the table of contents. There's a thing called an executive summary that kind of is an encapsulation of your project. Then there's what I call biographical profiles. They want to know about you and the other principles, like what's your background, what's your education, why is it that you think that you would be good at starting and launching this business. Then there's a thing called listing of services, like what are you going to provide, your products and services. Then there's like market analysis, you know, is there a need for what you're offering, Uh, What is the competition? Um, If you're going to have a brick-and-mortar, you know, office or retail operation or a store or a company, what is the site selection? Um, And then it keeps going on, like marketing strategies and techniques, staffing, financial investment that would be required, how much money are you asking for, Um, what what is the list of equipment that you would need to purchase or to lease, and then there are other startup expenditures that that can go in as well. Then there are things that I would call operational expenditures. Aside from, you know, what you need to buy at the beginning, on an ongoing basis, what kind of expenditures do you need every month, utilities or Internet fees or whatever. Then there's what I call a break-even analysis, And that means how much business do you need to come in through the door on an average month in order to break even? Because that's something that is very, very important. Um, There's something we call fixed monthly expenses and overhead. So your lease, your rent, you know, monthly expenses and so forth. Then there's variable expenses, which are like staffing, you know, or certain types of products that you might need to order for your business or whatever, but those are variable and they can depend. Like if you have a very busy month, those expenses might be higher. You know, if you have a low month, they might be lower. So that's why we call them variable expenses. And then um, I have a thing that I put in my, an element that I put in my business plans called a projected timeline. Like, 
let's say you're launching the business in October. Well, in October to November to December or whatever, what are you expecting to accomplish moving forward? You know, so there's a timeline. When is your grand opening and your launch going to be and so forth? Um, then there's a special section we put on staffing. How many staff do you need? What are their qualifications, their licensing or their skills or education level? You know, how much are you going to have to pay them and so forth? Um, I have a little element that I put in business plans called a table of organizational responsibilities. And that's where we put in like, who is going to be your accountant? Uh, who is going to be your attorney? Um, who are you going to bank with? Um, who are you going to use for marketing and so forth? So we put those things in there. And also, who is going to be your CFO? Who is going to be your chief uh, operations officer or so forth? So we put that all in there. And then we uh, tie it all up and we talk about the repayment of the loan that presumably, even for a small service-oriented business, you probably are going to um, have some small amount of money you're going to need to, even if you lend it to yourself, you know, you're going to want to repay that. Uh, And then, um, you know, licensing requirements and so forth. So, you know, and there can be maps in there of the, of the market area, if it's something that's a brick and mortar, and if it's uh, something that's more along the lines of an internet or virtual business, you know, what are the different platforms and how you're going to do outreach to people. So there's a lot that goes into a business plan, but that's kind of a general overview. Yeah, so I want to ask you about some of these specifically. Um, a market analysis, you know, how deep do people go when they're trying to do a market analysis? What kind of information do they need? Well, you know, it does depend on the type of business that you're doing. You know, obviously, if it's brick and mortar or retail or something like that, you know, you want to, you know, find out, you know, uh, more about the demographics of the area. You know, one good example is a while back last year, I went to my dentist for my annual check. Well, it's not annual. actually does it more than once a year. But I went for my checkup to have my teeth cleaning and all that. And I'm in the chair, you know, before they get my mouth, you know, immobilized or whatever. And the dentist comes up to me and he says, Grant, I understand you write business plans. And I said, yeah, that's right. And he says, well, you know what? I need one. He says, I'm going to buy the building that we're in, you see here. I'm going to renovate it, and I'm going to hire more dentists. And I need a business plan for the bank and also to convince my wife because she's not sure that it's a good idea either. (laughs) So uh, I created a business plan for him. And, uh, you know, I talked about how many competing dentists there were within a, you know, five-mile radius, and I did some other research and, and um, market research. And as a matter of fact, I found online there's a, uh, like, a magazine of dental economics, 
And I just signed up, you know, for the online, you know, uh, version of it, and it was free. And, you know, they have a lot of ads in there. If you're a dentist, all the things that you might want to buy, the equipment and the accounting programs and marketing programs and all that. But anyway, I still get it. And I'm just one of those people. I'm very curious, and it's amazing all the different things that dentists think about, you know. And one thing that I found out is that a single dentist who is just operating himself or herself out of an office is kind of going extinct. You either have to join in a bigger dental practice or you have to expand your practice because just being one little dentist in an office is not as cost-effective as it used to be, and it's hard to you know, advertise enough and get enough business. So anyway, that was a lot of fun doing that. Interesting. And so it takes a little bit of research, but it's something each individual has to decide how much research do they need to make their decision and get what they need. Yeah. You know, there's that old saying, you can have analysis, paralysis by analysis or whatever. Um, So in other words... At some point, yes, do the research, find out about the market, and so forth. But eventually, it's a leap of faith. And you have to just say, okay, I've done the research, and this is how much. But you can never stop doing research. There's there's always more to learn about your market. And, you know, I've been in business since 1994 as a career services and resume writing company. And still to this day, I'm researching, you know, what it is I need to offer and, you know, what the competition is and what the new technologies are. So, but in a business plan, you know, it's, it's a 10,000 foot overview and you just, you cover the, the basic, you know, I mean, you know, if, if you were borrowing millions of dollars, you know, then yeah, you would probably hire a marketing firm to, to do that part of it, incorporate it into the business plan. But most of the startups that I write businesses plan, business plans for are, you know, they're borrowing anywhere from, you know, twenty, thirty thousand 30,000 to maybe, you know, a couple hundred thousand, you know. I have done business plans up to $15 million, and those are very, I mean, then you get into, you have to find databases that have the market demographic information, and it gets very complicated at that point. Okay. Well, we are going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll dive a little bit more into the specifics and what you need to write a good business plan. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. 
compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Every business wants to succeed. Every individual wants to succeed. But with an ever-changing economy, how can you manage to keep things doing so well, even in times of instability? You can. Tune in to Thriving in Uncertainty with host Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith and her guest experts have the answers you need to keep you ahead of the changing game in business. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Accept the challenge to succeed. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Grant Cooper, an expert in careers, resumes, and in business plans. And Grant, you have a favorite story about a business plan that you helped someone create that ended up in a very positive ending. So tell us a little bit about that business plan and what that was. My office and my business for the last 25 years is in New Orleans, Louisiana. So we had this big thing that happened, you know, 15 years ago now, it's a long time ago, called Hurricane Katrina. But even for many years after, there was a lot of rebuilding that was occurring in the community. So I was approached by a client who I'd done a resume for, and her husband was an electrician. And he worked with his son out in the field, and they would go out and rewire people's homes and so forth. Well, he was finding that a lot of the people in the, you know, more economically challenged areas of New Orleans could not afford to have their homes rewired. They were trying to rebuild their homes, but before they could put the sheetrock on, the wiring had to all be put in the walls. And they had been ripped off by unscrupulous contractors, and these were just, you know, little old ladies, some of them, you know, who were on Social Security, and they just, and he thought it was a tragedy. So he said he wanted me, and, and he and his wife asked me to write a business plan to try to get some nonprofit funding to help these people. So I wrote this plan. I had a lot of fun doing it. I put my heart into it. And I'd say about two weeks after I delivered the plan to them, I was driving in my car uptown in New Orleans, and I got a phone call, and the woman was calling me, and she was just uncontrollably, like, screaming. She was saying, oh, my God, Grant, you'll never believe this. 
Brad Pitt gave us $500,000. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So it turns out that her husband knew this pastor who was an African-American pastor, and he had given the business plan to him, and that pastor knew Brad Pitt from his community work. And so what he did was he gave the business plan to him, and Brad Pitt wrote them out a check. I guess he did a little bit of due diligence and made sure that they were for real. But he liked the business plan, and he gave them, you know, a check for $500,000, and it was not part of the Make It Right Foundation, or, and he didn't even want publicity. It's just something that he felt was needed, and I guess for Brad Pitt, $500,000 is, you know, something that he felt he could do. So I felt very good about that. Yeah, that's fun. Well, and it shows all the different ways that if you are a writer, a grant writer, you can help people and make a living doing some good work. So that's a great example. Now, you know, on a similar line, I get phone calls sometimes from people who say, look, you know, I need you to write a grant for me to start a nonprofit or whatever. And one of the things that I tell them is that Nonprofits are very particular. Um, my wife is a nonprofit executive. She's been an executive director of nonprofits, and I'm very familiar with nonprofit grant writing and fundraising and so forth. And as a matter of fact, I've, I've helped out with, you know, in my spare time as part of giving back to the community where I've done grant writing. One thing about grant writing is that each grant can be very much different, and it has very specific guidelines, and they actually will publish those, and they'll provide them to you. And they don't just generally say, give us a, an application. They have very specific requirements for those grant applications, and you have to follow them pretty much to the letter. So what I tell people is, you have to go out and find the exact funding source and what grant that they are going to offer. And I need a copy of that because there's no such thing as just writing a general grant application, you know, like that. So that's one thing. And another thing is some people will say, well, listen, write this for me, and if it's successful, once we get funded by the nonprofit, I'll pay you, you know, out of that. Now, aside from the fact that that would be a very hard way for me to, you know, other than just volunteering, which I, I do sometimes, but that would be a very hard way for me to stay in business. It's actually prohibited by most funding sources. Like they, they do not allow when they give a grant uh, of funding to an organization for them to take money out of that to pay back the person who wrote the grant. So that's it's kind of an ethical thing. They don't allow it. Right. It has to be part of their operations. So yeah. getting back a little bit to the business plan, one of the things you mentioned was, of course, that people would have a staffing plan, but then that they might also have a list of it's not staff, but maybe partners, their attorney, their accountant, 
Let's talk about that a little bit, because even if someone is going to launch an independent business and isn't thinking about staffing, they'll need a team. Yes. And as a matter of fact, um, you know, everybody really needs an accountant, you know, that's serious about being in business. Um, Oftentimes, you'll need someone who specializes in, you know, social, uh, you know, media, uh, you'll need someone who uh, can handle various aspects, you know, so an attorney. You, you probably you should. I mean, first of all, to start a business, you can start it as a corporation or as an LLC or whatever, but you probably should do that work legally, you know, have an attorney to do that because otherwise if you just do it as a sole proprietor, Anybody who sues you can just take your house away from you or whatever. So you don't want that. You have to limit your liability. And um, one of the things that, that is interesting, if you're starting out on kind of like a shoestring, as I did many years ago, is that you can actually sometimes, not always, but sometimes barter for professional services. So depending on what it is that you're offering, like a good example would be if you're starting a business as a web designer, okay? Man, (laughs) you shouldn't have any trouble finding people who would like to use your web services, you know, your design services. And in return for that, they would be willing, at least for a period of time, to set up and start your accounting or do other things that you need done. So that's I found that to be very powerful that at times you can barter what you do. I've done resumes, CVs, um written content for people and done other things in return for professional services. Right. And how do you go about finding those people? Or what would you say is the best way for someone to find a lawyer to help them to find a banker? You know, you might think banker, oh, it doesn't matter. But I actually, that was one of the people that probably helped me the most when I was getting started with my business. I went to the bank and she said, you know, you've got your bank paperwork or you've got your um, company paperwork filed wrong with the secretary of state office. And I don't know how she found that, but she helped me fix it um, before I had found myself a business lawyer. Right, right. Well, you know, um, I come from a resume writing background as in career services and coaching, like many of us do. And we advise our clients when they're out there trying to find opportunities that they need to do that dreaded thing called networking. And it's the same thing when you're starting a business, you know, going to meetings, whether it be the Chamber of Commerce whether it be um, there's business meetings like, you know, the BNI and other kind of groups that have business networking, they'll invite you as a guest, and then you can decide if you want to join or whatever. But get out there, meet people, meet people who are bankers, attorneys, accountants, um, marketing people, you know, real estate people, all kinds of folks out there. You know, so that's one way. And you can also use your personal contacts that you already have. 
you know, people you may know through family or other things uh, that can that can be a resource to you. You know, I have a cousin who does my retirement planning. You know, but um, you know, he's a, he's a, a professional and he's licensed and everything else. But he does that for my wife and I. Yeah, and I remember I was so scared to get a bookkeeper because, of course, we have these experiences. I had a client that came in who um, had his all of his money stolen by his bookkeeper, who was also yeah. his friend. And I thought, oh, okay, I need to be really careful about that. And I didn't even think about that, right? And so I met my bookkeeper at a networking event because we were talking, and I was like, oh, I'm this could work. I trust you. And so it's nice to meet those people face to face. You can do a cold search, getting referrals and meeting them face to face is always nice. So we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, talk a little bit more about why businesses fail and what you can do to make sure that your startup is successful. We'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Grant Cooper, 
who is a resume writer, career specialist, and also helps people start businesses. Now, you've been doing this for a while, Grant. So tell us, why do most small businesses fail? Looking at a list right here, and 42% go out of business. They fail because the market need is not correct. Like, they thought that what they were doing that people would just beat down the path to their door, but either there's already too many people doing it or, you know, there's just not much of a need for it. And I do get people who come to me and they say, I've got this great idea. I want to start a business uh, that does frozen wedding cakes uh, delivered by, you know, uh, (laughs) by, I don't know, whatever. Uh, I'm just... They come to me with ridiculous ideas, and I have to tell them, look, you know, I don't want to be a gatekeeper. Talk to other people, not just me, but it just seems to me that this is not an idea that is going to be successful. And if you talk to other people and they disagree, come back. But for right now, I would not want to take your money and write a business plan for something that looks like it's not going to be. But then again, you know, I would never have guessed, you know, certain companies like, you know, uh, Google or whatever would be successful. So, you know, that's one thing. The next one, 29% simply run out of money. They just didn't have enough reserves. They didn't have enough money put away. They didn't estimate how much it was going to cost. I do tell people when they're starting a business, do not depend on the business to pay your salary for the first year. Because if you're doing that, your business, unless you have a lot to invest in the business, you're just draining it. And it's, you're going to have to be, pay your bills from some other source. Um, the next one, 23% fail because they do not have the right team in place. You know, somebody that they thought was good at marketing really isn't. You know, somebody, um, you know, that they thought would be a good accountant never turns in the tax things on time or whatever, you know. Um, Somebody that they thought would be a good staff supervisor lets people get away with everything or, on the other hand, could be too strict or whatever. So they didn't have the right team in place. Um. Then there's 18%, and actually, in my opinion, even though it's only 18%, I think this is super important. They have the wrong pricing, and they're either charging too much or, in some cases, not enough. I mean, my first number of years in business, I really did not charge enough, and it was just lucky that I had enough savings, but finally, when I went to conferences and people said, well, how much do you charge for a resume, Grant? And I told them they just about, their jaw dropped, and they said, Grant, you have to charge more than that. I was like, really? And they're like, yes, you know, hey, you can't make it on that. And so, you know, luckily I learned in time before my business failed. Um, yeah, that's a hard then, one. Yeah, that is a tough one because the thing to remember is that if you do things that are too too low priced, 
um, your customers, they're going to say, that's wonderful. They love it. They want the lowest price they can get. But in reality, you're not doing them any favors because if you're barely making it and you're just hanging on by your fingernails and even if you, and then maybe even go out of business, that doesn't help them. You know, when I go to a business, I want to make sure that I'm giving them enough that they can be stable and invest in continuing education and pay their bills and, and you know, you need to charge enough, okay? The next reason is poor marketing, and that's 14% that go out of business due to that. So that's just you got a great idea, your prices are good, but it's like you're just not getting the word out there. And one of the things that I plug into my business plans is that every dollar that comes in the door I want to see a percentage that goes to marketing, even if it's only 3% or 5%, you know, a nickel out of every dollar. But if you're not actively promoting your business, you're going backwards because your competition is going to be promoting their business, you know. Right. And then the next one is poor customer relations, and that's another one that's at 14%. And that's just, you know, you got to treat people really well and treat them the way you would want to be treated. And, you know, restaurants are a good example of this. You know, if it's, it's too expensive to constantly try to get new people to come into your business. But if you can get the person who came in and get them to be a repeat customer, in fact, a lot of my business comes from repeat customers. I may have created their resume five years ago, and then they come back to me to get it updated. Or I may have done their resume two years ago, and now their daughter is graduating from university, and they want her to get a resume. So repeat business and direct referrals are very, very important. And then the last one here is bad timing, and that's very important. If you started a real estate business in 2007, 2008, that would have been pretty bad timing, you know, right when the real estate market plummeted, you know. Um, And, you know, when I first started my business, I got a big contract with a retailer. I won't tell you who they are, but they do copies, and everybody's heard of them, and their name starts with a K. But at any rate, I got a big contract with them, but they didn't even have email at the time at their offices. So I had to use a courier service to deliver the resumes to to the different offices. So my timing was a little bit ahead of its time back in 1994. So those are the reasons why people fail. Yeah, and some nuances in there that you wouldn't think about in terms of pricing and marketing. You know, it's sometimes hard to spend money to make money, but if you're not doing it consistently enough, you're you're going to have real down times when it's down because you can't start marketing when you need to, right? You have to start marketing before you need to. Right, right. So tell people, Grant, how they can find you, follow you, and connect with you, and maybe a few of your favorite resources when it comes to 
to business plans? Yeah. Well, one thing is that, you know, the one of the first people who came to me for a business plan um, recommended that I use software that was off the shelf. I won't say the name of it, but I tried it and it was just not good. But but what I can tell you is that if you are interested in this and providing this as a service, I will provide you free of charge some generic business plans that I wrote and I took out the names of the individuals and the identifying information and I can send those to you and you can kind of use them or not, but you can check them out and they may be helpful to you as templates. Um, and just you can email me at GC, that's my initials for Grant Cooper, GC at resupro.com, R-E-S-U-P-R-O.com, and that's short for resume professional, so GC at resupro.com. And um, just any questions you have, you know, I'm happy to answer. Um, other resources, you know, there's a organization called the Service Corps of Retired Executives, SCORE, and I'm not retired yet, but when I do retire, I'm going to join that. And they are a group of business people who, when they retire, help younger people to start businesses. So that's a good resource. Um, also, if you want to check out my website, my website really is not about um, business plans because that's something that people ask me, and I don't really, I don't push it a lot. I'm mainly a career coach, but just if you're interested in checking me out, my website is strategicresumes.com. And one more time, your email address if they want to get those business plans. Yes. GC, my initials, at resupro.com. And resupro is R-E-S-U-P-R-O.com, which is short for resume professional. Resupro.com. Excellent. And maybe just one tip, your top tip to someone if they're starting out, what would you say to them to start out on the right foot in their business? The most important thing is to realize that it's a heavy lift and it's going to take some years, but if you do the right things and use best practices and a lot of, and you know, get a good business plan and all those things, it's going to be fantastic. I put three kids through college and have had a wonderful, wonderful um, career by supplying these type of services for people and by being an entrepreneur. And it gave me flexibility. I could travel. I could do different things. So, And I think, Marie, the same has been true for you as well. Yes, yeah, it can be very good, but it doesn't happen in overnight. And, uh, you know, I think the book, the, what was it, the one-hour work week, um, some unrealistic expectations out there especially around business ownership and startup it is work and it's great work and you want to make sure it's doing something that you love or in a role that you love um, because it is going to be work well, so we are going to say and thank you for having me on the show yeah we're going to come back in just a few minutes and i'll tie all the ribbons around it but we're going to say goodbye to grant for now so grant thank you for joining me if you're here come back on the career confidant and i'll give you some 
bows to tie around this and action steps to take. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Thank you, Marie. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. So today we were talking with Grant Cooper about business plans. <clears throat> and if you were joining us in the very beginning, you know, he kind of gave you a long list of all of the items that you could include in a business plan. And if you co- contact him, you get his examples, I would encourage you not to be overwhelmed by that list. Your job, just like anything, is to go through and figure out what applies to your business. Obviously, you want to be able to speak to how your qualifications are going to make you successful in this business. Where are the connections? Is it your background, your experience, your education? What is going to make you successful? I was talking to a woman once who wanted to go into consulting, and she was just graduating from college. I said, well, you know, what are you going to consult in? And she had a background in training and education uh, before she went back to school, I think, And so it made sense that if she was going to consult to do something around training, that was where her expertise was. Now, that might not have been what she wanted to do long term. She wanted to do more communication skills training or leadership training, but she just wasn't there yet. 
So to launch, to get into it, we decided that she'd probably start with something around her area of expertise, which makes complete sense. If you're going to get into consulting, you have to bring that expertise with you. Now, if she'd done a lot of leadership in that role, then she could probably, you know, segue into that leadership consulting a little bit faster. Those two pieces go together. So we talked about the biographical info and then your products or services. What is it that you're going to do? And finding that products and services is a mix of what does the audience need and what do you want to do? It's especially true if you're going to start more of a solo practitioner business or even a larger business, what's your role in that business going to be? That's going to depend on what your strengths and talents and wants are, if you will, because you're going to be a lot more successful running your business if you're in operations, if that's where your sweet spot is, than if you try to force yourself to be the CEO or the manager of people when that's not where your sweet spot is. So knowing your sweet spot and being able to hire and connect and partner with people that complement you, which is often a challenge for us because we have challenged seeing the valid validity of other people's skill sets sometimes. And so if you know that you can do that to yourself or maybe a, a spouse or a family member has told you that, this is going to be one of those areas you want to watch out for for yourself. Then, of course, he talked about the market analysis and knowing what's going on in your field or in the field that you want to go into, doing a lot of conversations, doing research, maybe paying a company to do market research for you if that's something that is really important to the business or if you're making a pretty large investment of time and or money to know that the market is there. This can be the hardest piece of it, competitive analysis, market analysis. I'm about to give a presentation to a bunch of resume writers and career coaches about how to set pricing And pricing in our industry is just all over the place. So you've got to know what's your industry and can do research of other companies in that specific industry and or what's your geography or target level and really do some research that's specific to that segment so you know what other people in that segment are charging. And then you've got to decide how you're going to position yourself, of course. But knowing who's out there that does that similar field, that similar type of work is important, not just for pricing, but for your differentiation, for telling your story and and reaching out to your audience within that segment. It's all gonna drive your marketing strategies. If you don't have a good idea of what your strengths are and how you do it differently, and then who your audience is and why they care about how you do it differently, you're going to have trouble connecting those dots and then your marketing strategies are going to fall flat trying to be everywhere trying to be everything to everybody all too much money too much time and really doesn't connect with anyone or draw anyone in which means you have to do a lot of pushing and not a lot of pull for yourself then we talked a little bit about the partners that you need to have and whether you're going to hire staff or not You can't be a business of one and be successful long-term. You need partners, accountants, lawyers, a good banking, a good business banker. As I told the story of my business banker alerting me to the fact that I had some incorrect paperwork with the Secretary of State, 
those people are not just behind the counter to do a transaction. And you really want to find someone who cares about small business and will partner with you. Probably one of the hardest things I've done in my career was trying to get financing to purchase a couple of businesses. Uh, Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy actually purchased those almost five years ago now. And banks, you know, they have their own process. They have their own criteria. Um, And with a service-based business where there's no assets, as Grant and I were talking earlier, it's really hard for them to take a gamble and, and fund someone like me. Now, thankfully, it's worked out really well, and the numbers that I said I would hit, I hit. And the one bank that took a, took a chance on me got some good payback for that um, in giving me a loan and taking that risk. But it's not a given that you'll get funding by any means. It's especially bad for women, unfortunately. Even in businesses, there's research. Like women dentists have their business plans funded half the time of male dentists, even when they have just as good of a business plan. So, you know, one of my little pet peeves, but it's not going to be easy. So you need people in your corner. I had an excellent CPA who'd also bought some businesses that was there as my confidant, helped me determine how I wanted to price the businesses, how I was going to position them. Um, how I was going to offer and negotiate and all of those those things that were really challenging. So having a good CPA, good lawyer, a good mentor of some kind when you're embarking on the business startup process is really invaluable. And it can't be just your spouse. Um, you know, you need people to bounce your ideas off of that can help you move forward. And this is true if you're looking to grow as well. So if you're looking to grow a business that you've already started, who could you reach out to? Who can you build some partnerships with and relationships with that can help you take it to the next level? Because you probably need some new ideas to be able to do things that are different than what you've been always doing. So we'll have another guest here on the the Career Confidant Radio next week. Hopefully I'll have my voice back but we will have a new guest and be talking more about things that you need to take your career, take control of your career and go in the direction you want to go. We'll be right back here again next week on the career confidant. Thank you for listening to the career confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.